0: podcast episode for the financial freedom podcast i'm your host dr christopher Liu, and as you know i talk about four different types of freedom time financial location health freedom in that light i'm always scouring the globe looking for entrepreneurs people doing things on the cutting edge and so today we have a very interesting guest who's gonna talk all about uh, marketing for courses and memberships in this digital economy and his name is kyler nixon and he's um we're going to talk about uh, 10 mistakes course creators make, um, building a seven, eight figure business selling courses, and talking about monetizing your knowledge in the creator economy. So, he's the founder of Kyler Creative Marketing Agency, and he's on a mission to help a thousand brands. Um, each earn one million through courses and memberships in the next ten years. So collectively, his agency clients generated over forty million in last year. So, uh, we'll welcome um Kyle to the show. Kyler, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited. Like I told you before we started, like I, I've listened to a bunch of these episodes, of course, and so I think that those four levels of freedom that you talked about are going to be a perfect fit for for our conversation today. So I'm excited to share with your audience.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm really happy, you know, uh, Podmatch is a great place to connect um, podcast hosts and guests. And so tell us more about your story, how you got started, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually started in the church world. I was in a communications and marketing role at a mega megachurch um, in Phoenix and when you're working for a church, you don't make any money. So I uh, started my business on the side. Um, and I was a designer, my my background was in design. So I did brand design, website design, things like that. Um, and at my church, I actually connected with one brand who was sort of the catalyst for this uh, passion that we've created through courses and memberships. Um, she has a course where she helps parents get their babies to sleep. And she's now the largest course uh, on the internet along, you know, in that that topic area. So Um, Yeah, it's just been kind of a five or six-year journey where we've been able to work uh, really exclusively with courses and memberships. And now, fast forward, we're more than just design, but we work um, as a marketing agency. And so we help course creators and membership creators uh, monetize their knowledge, scale their courses, and make money off what they know.
0: Yeah. And uh, what's interesting is, um, you know, in this day day and age of um, uh, basically anyone can... Uh, leverage their knowledge and their skill sets and a lot of gen Z is doing that and um so tell us um uh first is um in terms of uh course creators uh we there's a lot of uh, do's and don'ts and tell us yeah, how- yeah. Get started.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think like specifically for, you know, for speaking to, to physicians or people who are like, obviously, you're super smart, right? Like you have a lot of education, you probably have a specialty area, which is actually why I was so excited about this podcast when you reached out because so many physicians, so many doctors in whatever specialty area, uh can make money off what they know right because you know a lot and because you have a specific um focus and so um yeah i think if you're just getting started out i I would love for you to sit down and say okay what's this core topic that i want to talk about so for instance we have a client that we work with and their uh brand name is tots on target and so um, the main founder of that is a pt ot and so she is able to um like make money off of helping parents get their tots their toddlers to meet their their moving milestones right so teaches people how to crawl and all that stuff if you're a family medicine doctor maybe that's um launching a course around how to prevent or you know treat common childhood illnesses at home or it doesn't really matter right the sky is kind of the limit for for what you are um for what you're able to uh to accomplish so um yeah, I don't know if that answers, answers your question, but I can dig into I know we got some mistakes that creators make. We can talk about that. Uh, we can talk about kind of that what that process looks like from there. But um, yeah, hopefully that makes sense.
0: Uh, yeah, no, because a lot of physicians, they can monetize. They have, um, you know, they're doing everything from investing uh, communities they you know, all of these different yeah. areas. So one thing is, uh, how do you so once you create a course? Um, How do you uh scale your course how do you start getting revenue um and tell us more about that
1: for sure so once you have a core topic there's a couple of other pieces that you need so at the root of everything is that you have to have traffic from somewhere right you could be the best physician in the world you could have the best course in the world professionally filmed looks awesome but if you don't have traffic you don't have anything, right? Uh, It's not if you build it, they will come. It doesn't exist on the internet anymore. So um, yeah, that's the first piece is making sure they have a really solid source of traffic. And so that might be social media. Maybe that's you have an Instagram page that you, you know, build up a little bit of an audience on. Um, YouTube is a great platform too, right? So if you're a physician like that family medicine physician, and you're, you know, answering common questions that parents have, put those videos on YouTube and, and people can find you that way. And then you're sending traffic back to your site. TikTok, of course, you know, really popular right now. Uh, blogs, it, it really doesn't matter, right? I tell clients all the time, there's no one right way to do something. But you have to have some source of traffic. The second piece of that is, well, what do you do with that traffic, right? I have a great topic. I know exactly what I'm selling. I have traffic, but like, what what am I what do I do with it, right? Um, and the piece that I always say, email marketing is like still king. I know people will be like, oh, email marketing is dead. Like I unsubscribe all the time. We see huge returns on, on email and email marketing. So um, yeah, those are kind of like the three easy things that I think when you're saying, hey, where do I get started here? I would say pick a great topic, um, start to get traffic or some type of audience, and then start to put those people on some type of uh, email list. Yeah.
0: Uh, what's interesting is because um, we talk about, um, for example, like if you're a creator on um, Instagram or uh, especially these legacy Web2 platforms, YouTube, yeah. and these uh, these creators, they're actually uh, they're slaves to the algorithm. Yeah, what do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, I, I can't tell you the number of creators that I've talked to who have a 200,000 Instagram followers and about 500 people on their email list or less. And I always tell them you're one algorithm update away from going out of business. Right. And so the easiest way that I can kind of drive that point home is I like to think about things like you mentioned web two, but you know, really any social platform or anything that you don't own as a property that you rent. Okay. In a property that you rent, what can happen? The landlord can change the rules at any given time. Right. That landlord, Uh, Mark Zuckerberg can wake up tomorrow and say, hey, I'm pulling the plug on Instagram and that audience is completely gone. Um, On the other hand, you want to drive traffic to the things that you own, right? So you own your email list, you own your website, you own your blog. Okay. And so you want to use things that you rent to drive traffic back to the things that you own. So you're not slave to that algorithm. And so one of the easiest ways to do that is, like I said, if you have a good Instagram following, if you have a good YouTube subscriber base, send them to your email list, like try to get as many of those people on an email list as possible, because no matter what those social platforms do, that email list is yours to do whatever you want with.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, because, uh, you know, especially like, uh, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter is like, really hard to grow on. But like, LinkedIn is really easy TikTok, is, mm. um And then like my podcast, like people go and listen to it. And it's, it's, it's like, If I feel like I don't have to pull teeth, you know, with like YouTube, it's like hard to get subscribes and all that. Um,
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it just, again, goes back to like, it it doesn't really matter, right? Like for me, I'm not strong at video. Like I don't like video. Like YouTube is not the platform for me. Uh, TikTok is not the platform for me, but other people might crush it there. Right. And so for me, I like a little more written content. I like the fast paced nature of Twitter. Um, I think that is a great platform, especially if you can engage and build some community there. But yeah, I think it's that's why there's so many great platforms and so many people have success on different different things because LinkedIn can work and YouTube can work and to some extent Facebook can maybe work depending mm-hmm. on how you do it. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of dated now, but um, mm-hmm. Instagram can work. All those platforms can work if you just focus in on it and give it the time it needs.
0: Uh, also for the listeners, Reels, Facebook Reels is back in vogue mm-hmm. and it's like Instagram for adults. So
1: okay, there you go. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I saw a real pop up on Facebook today and I was a little confused on seeing it, but I'll have to go check that out.
0: One thing is, uh, so we'll talk, so we talked about kind of the social media marketing, getting people onto email lists, like stuff you own. And then one thing is, what's the difference between evergreen and live launches and how can you do both or one better than the other?
1: Yeah. So when you're launching your course, so, right, let's say you have a great topic, you've got a bit of an audience, you've got an email list. Okay. We've kind of built that progression up to this point, And now you want to put out your course. Okay. You've produced it, whether it's professionally filmed or you've created it on Loom or something like that, now it's time to actually launch it and put it out into the world. And so there are more than this, but we typically see success with two main types of launch frameworks. The first one is evergreen. And as its name suggests, it is always available. Okay. So with an evergreen launch, you're launching your course, and then someone could come to you three, six, nine months later, and they can buy that course from you. Evergreen launches are great if your audience needs to be able to buy them at any given point. So I'm, Mentioned earlier, we work with that client who sells um, baby sleep classes. Well, babies like come when they're going to come, right? And so you can't really close that. The parent has to be able to kind of buy it whenever they're dealing with that, with that challenge. The drawback of that is you don't really have a lot of marketing momentum with, um, like you do with open and close, which we'll get to in just a second. So that's evergreen. You launch it, and it's always available for sale. On the other hand, open and close launches are what they sound like, right? You open and then you close the cart to that launch. So, you know, let's say that, that uh, your course is going to open on March 1st. You're going to give it a two-week launch period, and then on March 14th, It is closed no one can buy it again the great thing about that is it creates a little bit of scarcity right you're you're saying hey this is only available for a limited time i can focus in on my audience during that time and then maybe you open it up later the challenge is well what if someone comes to you on march 20th and wants to buy it or april 1st right um if it's not open and available for sale then those people might miss out on that uh on the flip side so those are kind of the two main launches. We've seen success with with uh both of them. So there's not necessarily a right or a wrong. I think it just is what are your goals as a as a business leader? What do you want to do um with your course? Do you want to have it always open or do you want to build some scarcity and open and close it?
0: And what also um what the other thing is um how does uh how do you incorporate a, a membership with a course and in community how do you incorporate those three
1: yeah so let's say let's take that open and closed example right so let's say that you do have an open and closed course one of the things that you could include in that is access to a community right where everyone's going through the course at the same time they join it for the first couple of weeks of march and then you have this extra community component that they could pay extra for where they'll get a little bit of additional hand-holding i also love it on the flip side of completing courses so let's say you do evergreen right and now you have a hundred people who have completed your course well now you can go back to them and say hey you've taken this course do you need some additional support a little bit of extra hand holding that's not as structured as an online course might be that's where a membership is is awesome and i love it for solo creators too because so many people are drawn to That solo creator, right? So if you're a physician and you've built a little bit of a following and people know and they trust you, a membership community where they can pay to kind of have a little bit more direct access to you and to your resources um, is an awesome, uh, an awesome facet of really any digital business.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing is, so you've seen, you've helped uh, uh, clients generate, you know, over 40 million dollars last year. Um, What's the, what do you see that that separates a $10 million plus course from a $10,000 course?
1: Yeah. I like to kind of categorize these a little bit. If you haven't, can't tell like my brain works and like (laughs) kind of boxes a little bit. So um, two, two kind of differences here between a course that's maybe earning 10,000 versus 10 million. And I want to be clear that like uh, this isn't like hard and fast. And I've seen clients kind of flip this and be able to have tons of success. And there are other variables here, of course, but I sort of equate it down to, is your product a painkiller product or is your product a vitamin product? And that analogy will make sense, of course, to your audience. And so uh, with a painkiller product, it's like, I need this right now. My baby isn't sleeping through the night. I need this product immediately, right? How does this solve this major pain point for me? I'm reaching for the Tylenol. I'm reaching for the Aleve, right? I need that pain solved right away. That's typically where you see a lot of success, right? Because so many people will experience that pain point and they're kind of willing to pay whatever it takes to get that pain solved. On the other hand, vitamin products are nice to have products. They're products that will make your life better. They might make you a little bit more money, but they're not inherently things that are going to like, you know, drastically solve major pain points in your life. Um, and so those products are, are, will sell, they're still successful. You can make money off of that, but they just take a little bit longer to, to build up. And that sales cycle is a little bit longer. So you can have a vitamin product that makes millions of dollars. I've seen it myself. You can have a painkiller product that completely tanks, right? There's other variables there, but I think at the end of the day, it's way easier to sell a product that solves a major pain point versus a product that is kind of a nice to have.
0: The other thing is, uh, so a lot of times, like early creators, they they spend so much time on uh, building this course, and then they launch it, and you know it flops. So yeah, tell us, tell us about that phenomenon.
1: Yeah, super common, right? Because we've spent so much time building this thing; it's it's our baby, right? We've invested in this. It's like, oh, surely everyone's going to, surely everyone's going to buy, right? Um, and so I I typically kind of boil that down into, you alluded to like 10 mistakes that creators make. And and typically if your course flops, there's one of those mistakes is happening. I'm just going to like quickly breeze breeze through these. Um, I have more, more resources on my site if you want to dig into this. So one, your course is priced incorrectly, right? Maybe it's way too high. Like people are willing to pay 99 bucks for it. And it's 999 bucks. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but you have no audience and no traffic, right? If you have no one coming and buying it, it's no one's going to buy it, right? Like you have to have that audience and you have to have that traffic. Um, your course is named incorrectly. So maybe you have some really obscure name that's unrelated to your brand. That's confusing. That's way too cutesy and doesn't actually help them. Um, you know, know exactly what's on the inside of that course. Uh, I mentioned this earlier too, you aren't gathering emails. So maybe you have a big audience, but, and you post about it once on Instagram. Well, Instagram isn't going to show that content to that many people whereas in email um, you absolutely can uh, on the tail end of that is that you aren't utilizing email marketing okay so that's the fifth mistake now that you have these email addresses well you got to nurture them you got to build those relationships um, with those folks six you aren't structuring uh you aren't using the correct product structure so we're talking about courses and memberships. There are a bunch of other things. Maybe your content would be better served in an ebook, or maybe it would be better served in a membership instead of a course, or a webinar instead of a course. There's tons of different ways that you can kind of structure that. But if you think that people are gonna, you know, pay for a course and they just want a digital download, that's gonna cause a little bit um, of a challenge. Seven, you don't have a pre-launch strategy. So you say, I'm not gonna do evergreen. I'm not gonna do open and close. I'm just gonna kind of see what happens, right? Uh, no strategy there obviously is going to result in, in no return. Um, number eight is that your product isn't high quality. So if you um, put something out that's really cheap, that you just super you know threw it together really quickly, that's going to cause some challenges. And I want to be clear, I'm a big fan of like filming things on Loom. Maybe you have a slide deck on Canva that you created. You don't have to spend a bunch of money to have something look professional, but you know make sure there are no typos in your designs. Make sure that you're using, you know, I've got a little, a high quality mic right here that I'm using that was like 150 bucks on Amazon. So uh, it's easier than ever now to create high quality um, courses. So that's the eighth mistake. Nine, your course doesn't follow a clear predetermined script or path, right? People don't uh, pay for that course because of the information. I can find most of that information online. What they want is a clear path that they can follow. Something that says from point A to B to C, and then I have that problem solved. And then number 10 is you don't know your numbers. I can't tell you the number of people who have come to me and said, man, Kyler, my course isn't selling. My course isn't selling. What do I do? I'm like, well, how many website visitors did you get last month? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, well, I, I can't help you there, right? Because you got to know your numbers first. So um, those are kind of the, the 10 key mistakes that I see. And if you've launched your course and it's not selling, it's probably one of those things.
0: And um yeah. So we talked about like the 10 mistake. One other question was, um, when you talk about nurturing the, cause sometimes I see people, they basically, they put out a product, uh, you know, day one and they, they didn't, uh, do any promotion or anything. Yeah. um, what's the best way to do that? Is it, uh, you know, is it a week in advance, you know, two weeks, a month, tell us more how to kind of promote your course before the actual launch.
1: Yeah, I, I actually think it's less about a specific timeframe and more about consistency. So of course, as you're getting closer, um, show up more, right? And the further out you are, maybe it's a little bit less. And so let's say like a, three, a really simple 3 two, one launch strategy. So three weeks out, what you're going to be focusing on there is just starting to show people some glimpses of your course. Maybe you're building a waitlist at that point. You're saying, hey, just got this back from my editor or hey, just recorded this module. I can't wait to show it to you, right? So you're starting to tease it a little bit. Second is when you're going to start to get a little bit more specific. So you're going to say, hey, wrapped up our course, it's uploaded for you and ready to go. This course is going to help you do X, Y, Z, right? And so if in week three, you're posting about it maybe two to three times a week In week two, it's maybe three to four times a week, then you get a week out, right? And that's where you really start to ramp it up. Now, I want to be clear because I think most people will push back and say, I don't want to overwhelm my audience. I don't want to like, you know, burn them out or whatever. I would make the case that one week out of the year, it's okay, right? Right. Second is if you believe in what you're selling, do you believe that that product is actually going to help make your audience's life better? If the answer to that is yes, and I hope it is, why wouldn't you want them to buy it, right? Why wouldn't you want them to take that course and experience that transformation that you offer on the other side? So if you get a week out, I would really start to ramp it up. You're probably posting almost every single day. You're starting to talk about, hey, here's what your life is going to look like after you take this. Here's what problem this course solves. Here's all the additional bonuses and benefits of taking this course and what comes with it you might do more sneak peeks, you might let some people in a little bit early and start gathering some of those testimonials. Um, but that final week before launch is really the 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 key to building up that momentum going forward. Um,
0: yeah, this is a fascinating discussion. And, um, you know, you're very knowledgeable. And as we come to the uh, conclusion of this, how do people uh, contact you, follow you on social, uh, visit your website, etc?
1: Yeah. So um, our site is kylercreative.com. There we have a ton of blogs, free downloads, that 10 mistakes guide. Uh, It it actually expands on some things and how to avoid it and how to fix it. You can download those. We have a course pricing guide um, and some additional resources there. The easiest way to um, connect with us is actually through my newsletter, The Creator Club. Um, And so I'm going to help you turn an idea into a successful course or membership. And you can grab that at kylercreative.com forward slash newsletter. Um, there's over 500 people on there and it's a lot of fun. We send a practical, super action-packed uh, email every every Friday morning.
0: And for all the listeners out there, let's thank Kyler um, for um, his insights and his wisdom. Dropped a lot of um, uh, valuable nuggets of wisdom. Be sure to check him out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as website and sign, uh, sign up for his newsletter. And uh, with that, Thanks so much for coming on to the show and thanks for all of the knowledge and wisdom.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciated the conversation.